0: Hello to you and welcome to CoinMarket Recap on Friday the 29th of July. I'm Conor Sefton with Coin market Caps, easy to understand look at the top crypto stories. And today we're doing things a little differently. We're going to be looking in depth at a new report on the bear market that's been published by CoinMarketCap and Glassnode. We'll find out how it compares to past downturns, examine how Bitcoin and Ether's been hit, and discuss where we go from here. Give our show a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And you can get in touch with me on Twitter as well. I'm at Connor Sefton. Coin Market Recap. Bitcoin broke through $24,000 on Friday in the latest sign that the crypto markets are beginning to recover. Bloomberg's Mike McGlone believes Bitcoin could soon outperform other assets, describing it as the fastest horse in the race. Well, as I've mentioned, CMC and Glassnode have teamed up for a new report examining the state of the crypto markets in the first half of this year. You can read it by heading to coinmarketcap.com slash Alexandria or check it out on our socials. To find out what the report says, though, I'm joined by Glassnode lead analyst James Check and CoinMarketCap's head of research, Alice Liu. Hello to both of you.
1: Hi, Alice. Hi, Connor. Great to be here.
2: Hi, Connor.
0: So, let's start... How bad has this bear market been compared with the ones we've had in the past, James? We'll start with you on that.
1: Yeah, it's been a, it, it's been a big one. Uh, when we compare it across many metrics, uh, you know, we came back and we revisited the realized price, which many folks didn't think we would. Um, we had uh, June, which was one of the worst price months uh, on on Bitcoin and Ethereum history. You had to go back mm-hmm. to uh, 2011 actually to find when Bitcoin was under three dollars to find an equivalently bad month. Um, so in many ways, it's been, uh, it's been a bear market like many others. Um, and, uh, you know, many indicators are really signaling that we're getting towards the, uh, the, the deepest and darkest phase of that. So it's been a, it's been a big bear. Um, and in terms of both duration and, uh, and in terms of depth, it's been quite significant.
0: Yeah, 37.9% was Bitcoin's fall in June. That's just staggering. And Alice, um, have you got anything to add to that? And also, why have CoinMarketCap and Glassnode teamed up with each other to do this report?
2: Yeah, sure. So, uh, personally, I'm very excited for this. This is our first collaboration with Glassnode. And some people in the crypto space might have known this name. Um, uh, they provide a suite of comprehensive library of on-chain and crypto financial metrics. Uh, and teaming up with Glassnode this time to look at the half, the first half of 2022, uh, from the lens of on-chain analytics. So, personally I'm very excited for this we cover a lot in this report about the evolving market fundamentals about the risk off sentiment network profitability um both the bitcoin and ethereum also some uh, data and charts on realized price realized losses and what have you so yeah mm-hmm. a great uh, a great read
0: yeah it is a great read and I do highly recommend having a read of it yourself. I mean, a couple of other things that did jump out at me. DeFi's role in Ether's downturn. What's going on here? Alice, we'll start with you on that. Uh,
2: yeah, sure. So uh, from my perspective, I think um, James summarized it very well. Uh, since the DeFi summer, the total value locked uh, in DeFi has exploded. Um, and we have data to show that. And actually, the uh, TVL decline um is a function of both the falling token values and also the reduction of aggregate leverage. I don't know, uh, James. Would you like to add anything onto that?
1: Yeah, it, as you mentioned, we saw a, a remarkable amount of inflow into into uh, DeFi. Really, the it didn't really exist at any great scale until October 2020, and mm. uh, really, it started when when Compound launched their their token yield um, program. Uh, which essentially issues the token to, uh, to to users of the protocol. And since then, we saw all of these protocols start incentivizing people to bring in liquidity. Now, the challenge is that as all that money flows in, when the, uh, the tides turn, you essentially see the opposite happen. So the market mm-hmm. shifted very, very quickly towards a stablecoin focus, a risk-off focus. We saw a large amount of deleveraging many institutions, uh, hedge fund lenders, um, and, and this is the thing, the, the, the DeFi, in many ways, the DeFi protocols functioned as they were designed, uh, but it was the, the more centralized or the human element off-chain um, that had essentially over-leverage on those platforms. So the protocols themselves worked quite well, but we did see a 71.5% decline, so over $181 billion flow out of TVL. And ultimately, that, that value has to flow somewhere, and usually it uses the exit valve of either Ethereum Bitcoin is the most liquid assets. Um, and what we increasingly saw is capital flow in towards stable coins.
0: Staggering amount of money. I just can't get my head around it actually. It is.
1: Big, big numbers.
0: <laughs> and you mentioned stable coins there, James. And the report says the total market cap of the four biggest stable coins has now overtaken Ether for the first time. But it's not been great news for tether has it
1: it's a very very interesting thing so what we've seen i mean bear markets generally you see an evolving market structure and tether has been the dominant stable coin, um, more or less by uh, by virtue of it being around the longest uh, and uh, what we've seen is that at the start of this so let's take it back to um, uh, october 2020 DeFi summer tether had around 85 percent market dominance uh, what we've seen over the course of i mean tether has still exploded quite significantly uh, peaking at over $80 billion in total supply. But what we've seen, particularly since the Lunar collapse, there was a bit of a shift in terms of overall sentiment. And what we saw is that more value flowed towards USDC. It started to grow its market share. So is Binance USD and so is DAI overall. So the overall dominance of stablecoins in the market has absolutely increased to the extent where, um, until only a handful of days ago, um, those top four stablecoins Tether, USDC, Binance USD and DAI actually had a combined market cap that was bigger than Ethereum. It has since reclaimed that that crown, uh, but that was certainly the first time we've seen that flippening of stable coins and Ethereum. Um, however, what we have seen is that within that basket, we've seen that Tether dominance has declined quite dramatically. It's actually under 50% if you look at those top four now. So we've seen that shifting away from Tether towards these other assets. Um, So underneath the surface is also an evolution of market preference as to which stablecoins the uh, the market is looking at.
0: Yeah, I was about to mention that market preference. I mean, the report says that the shift away from Tether could signal a shift in market preferences underway. Alice, what are the factors that may make people want to move away from Tether and towards stablecoins like USDC?
2: A couple of reasons here. I think in the report, we summarised it quite well in terms of uh, the key differences of the two uh, of, of all of the stablecoins out there, and in terms of how they have reacted to the market. Now, there are a couple of uh, things to look at when you uh, choose to say the stablecoins that you trade with, and obviously, it, it it comes to the preference of the individuals. So it's very interesting to say the uh, how this this composition and volume and trade and liquidity has changed uh, for the stablecoins uh, in the recent market.
0: In dollar terms, this bear market has been jaw-dropping, hasn't it? Bitcoin's price falling from 68000 to 18000 down $50,000. But in percentage terms, this bear market's actually been the least severe in history, this report says James.
1: Yeah, it's, it's quite remarkable. And, uh, you know, the, the way that Bitcoin cycles tend to go, you'll see in many metrics is kind of a, a rising floor, so to speak. Um, and what this generally means is whether we're looking at the percent drawdown, whether we're looking at the distance that it falls under particular metrics, um, what we tend to see is that there's a little bit of a increase in support over time. The market, as it gets larger, tends to fall just that little bit less. However, what we still see is that an enormous amount, as the market gets bigger, the sheer volume of dollars, if you think about it in terms of 2011 or 2012 dollars, um, you know we're talking about millions, whereas now we're talking about hundreds of billions. It's just so much larger in scale in terms of the actual dollar value. So, yeah, it's only mm-hmm. been it reached about a 75% drawdown um, at peak. Uh, we got down to 17.6 thousand. Um, so in mm-hmm. terms of price um, drawdowns, we normally get to around 85% or thereabouts in previous bear markets. Um, so we have seen worse in percentage terms, but then when we bring it to the actual dollar realm and we look at how much value has actually been lost and transferred and essentially how many people bought uh, bought high and are selling low, um, when we look at those dynamics, it's actually much, much larger. So very interesting bear market to analyze from that standpoint. Yeah. And Alice,
0: I just wanted to ask as well, how long typically do bear markets last? Is is the worst over now? Is probably a better way of asking this.
2: Yeah, that's a very uh, that's a very good point because uh, as we're discussing this today, I believe we just started to see the uptick of the market. Uh, so, just to address your question for us in terms of how long bear markets normally last, uh, there well. First of all, it, there are so many factors fitting into this, right? So in uh, the last time I was on the podcast, we talked about the different factors that can impact this. Well, how mm-hmm. cycle for, for one is. And then there's also the general economic conditions uh, and the how the economy and the assets are uh, performing outside crypto even. And then if you if we zoom in onto the individual different coins or sectors, of course, there are some different uh, factors they are impacting it also. But now what's really interesting, and I'm trying to get, to it, since we have James on the podcast today, and our report is actually focusing on analyzing the bear market. At the time when we were talking about this, the market is uh, seeing the uptick. So I don't know, for James, would you uh, have any updates and you think... uh Anything has changed that you've seen worth flagging since we released uh, the report data to end of uh, June?
1: For sure. So it's uh, it's been a very interesting market, as I mentioned. And uh, we, we came down and we touched the realized price for both Ethereum and Bitcoin. So um, for those who may not have heard that before, the realized price is kind of the on-chain equivalent to the market cap. And what it represents is the value of every coin at the time when it last moved. So the other way to think about it is it's kind of the average or the estimated cost basis. What did everyone pay for their coins on average? And what we've seen in previous bear markets is that uh, the, the price has always come back down and uh, traded below that levels, which essentially signifies that uh, on average, investors are underwater on their position. So uh, the average acquisition price uh, of their coins is higher than the current spot price. So what we've essentially seen is that the market returned to that kind of bear market norm. However, what we also tend to see is that it typically spends, so in 2015, it was about a year that the the market struggled to get above that cost basis. Uh, Back in 2018, it was around five months. Um, In March 2020, it was seven days. So you can see there's a little bit of a trend, a year, five months, seven days. And then where we are in our current environment, it was just a little bit over a month. So in many ways, we've we've essentially traded down to a level that often represents a bear market floor. Um, now, naturally, we can never tell what the future holds and the macro environment is very challenging at the moment. But what we can do is look at are we seeing very similar behavior to previous bears and baked into that observation. In a lot of these on-chain metrics, what we're looking at is human psychology. And human beings, as much as the uh, the world changes around us, we tend to be quite similar, which is why these patterns in technical analysis and on-chain tend to play out over and over again. So in many ways, um, we've, we've bounced off a level that looks like a bear market floor. Um, we have to see how that kind of takes in terms of time and whether it manages to hold. Um, But certainly the uptick that we've seen recently is a bit of a reaction coming from those very, very oversold levels that typically correlate with, you know, maximum pain, complete capitulation. And now we could be starting to move into the recovery. We're just going to see how time plays out.
0: Yeah, so final question from me for both of you then, and we'll start with you, Alice. When it comes to the rest of this year what should crypto investors be keeping an eye on?
2: That's such a good question. Uh, I would say first, probably about the uh, ETH upgrade. So that's probably upcoming uh, very soon and a lot of uh, talking points about that. And the second, I think is for me personally, uh, I'm reading a lot about the general economic conditions recently um, and just mm-hmm. the um, the whole trend of uh, the economy going to recession and that that's what I would be keeping an eye out on. What about you, James?
1: Yeah, so I would certainly echo both of those points. Um, the macroeconomic is quite challenging. Um, there's, In terms of the the intrinsic to the crypto space, um, I'd certainly be paying attention to the mining side. So something that we also tend to see that kind of comes at the very, very late stage of, of bear markets is the uh, the capitulation of miners. And we are seeing some stress in the mining industry. We're seeing difficulty coming down for Bitcoin, we're also seeing revenues for Bitcoin and Ethereum mining essentially converging to, to much, much lower levels. They're down some 70%. Um, as the ETH merge comes closer, we're probably going to see that mining shift as well. So those miners are going to have to find a new home or sell their, uh, their GPUs back into the market. Um, and then the last thing that I'm certainly paying attention to is the concept of realized losses and profits. So in essence, at the late stage of a bear market, you'll see a large amount of people who bought the top selling their coins at a loss. And that's that final capitulation phase. Um, In many ways, it looks like we've seen that. What we actually want to start seeing is the other direction. We want to start seeing profits in the market. We want to see people actually trading and swing trading and actually making money and the market being able to keep pushing forward because that's essentially showing there's a demand flowing in. So when we look mm-hmm. at our, our realized profit and loss metrics, we really want to see that move back into the green and sustain that type of level at the same time as we're having positive price appreciation. So that would start to signal that there really is a, a healthy inflow of demand, um, which kind of supports all of that backstory and perhaps that the worst may be behind us.
0: Fantastic. Well, James Check, Lead Analyst at Glassnode and Alice Liu, CoinMarketCap's Head of Research. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today.
1: Thanks, Connor. Thank it's been you. fantastic.
0: That's it for today's Coin Market recap. Please do leave us a review if you've enjoyed today's episode. There's plenty more crypto news and features on our website over at CoinMarketCap.com/slash Alexandria. And once again, you can read that report there as well. I'm Connor Sefton. Thanks so much for listening. Join me on Saturday for our weekend edition. Molly Jane Zuckerman will be here to talk about the week's biggest stories. Bye-bye for now.